Hey everybody, this is episode 269 of Biomast. Uh, I am uh, your co-host this week um, that is is leading the thing. Uh, I'm Soraya Zell. Um, and that is that is the extent of my, my introduction. Um, we should introduce the other hosts uh, who are here today. A little, little small show this week. Um, we have Pokey. Hello, I am Pokey, and I am currently playing uh, Final Fantasy XIV in the background while Zell courageously ventures forth into the territory of hosting. Ah, playing games during the show. We've never done that before. Never done it. Brand new. Um, Bait. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Bait. I am a genuine certified Florida man currently uh, coming at you live from the parking lot of my favorite coffee shop down at the beach. I am currently not playing any games right now. I am 100% focused on the show. Very good. Thank you. Um, so uh, I've got some kind of some big news updates, and some of it's kind of updates on stuff we talked about uh, pretty extensively last week. Some of it's just on our um, usual tirade about the the horribleness of loot boxes. Um, so we're just gonna we're just gonna kind of dive into some gaming industry news and and see where we get with it um and the the big one we've been we've been uh hoping for for a long time here is um you know we've we've talked about different countries have banned uh loot boxes recently uh the united states actually did introduce a bill to um you know significantly restrict what uh game developers could do with loot boxes and it looks like uh the uh electronic software association i think that's the esa um has announced uh that microsoft sony nintendo and the uh, and then several of the major game developers um have all agreed that starting uh in 2020 they're going to require loot box uh odds to be disclosed in order to be sold via those platforms so uh, whether it be Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, um, you're going to have to disclose your loot box odds if you're going to sell your loot, sell loot boxes on that platform. This reminds me a lot of uh, what China has done on a countrywide level with requiring you know, any sort of randomization within a gaming sphere to be listed as, you know, having those, those odds listed for everybody. Well, I mean, the, the probably the most interesting thing here is that and I, I think this is one of those things that it was going to happen one way or the other. Um, you know, loot box behavior, the tactics they use has has reflected what casinos used to be able to do before we implemented significant restrictions on gambling. And uh, so I think it was a matter of time. But then the, the, the interesting thing here is unlike China, which passed, you know, a nationwide edict. Um, this is more, uh, this is similar to, uh, like, the ESRB rating system, which is basically where the software industry at the time said, oh, we don't, we don't want there to be laws passed that ban our games, so we're going to self-regulate and create our own system. And so what you have here is before the government would pass a law on the matter, they're now saying... We're just, you know, we're, we're the distributors that all these games are acquired through, and we're all we're only going to host games which follow this this voluntary decision that we've made to to change our platform policies. So I think this is 
the entire industry reacting to tr- to the fact that legislation is pending to try and you know keep it from being solidified into law yeah i mean it was getting a little a little concerning like okay first off i hate yeah i do not care for loot box mechanics period um and i felt that they were definitely moving in a bad direction with how companies were utilizing them and then taking advantage of people with the way that they were they were structured um that being said it's great that that the government was looking at this and really putting pressure on the industry but it was also getting a little concerning because Let's be honest, the people in Congress and the House have absolutely no clue what they're talking about when it comes to you know, video game mechanics. That's certainly not their, uh, their speciality, and I would be concerned about whatever experts they would bring in to actually talk about this. So that, that's concerning enough as it is. Um, and some of the laws that they were looking at were, you know, hey, no loot boxes and no pay-to-win mechanics. And that is extremely vague because I think that there are some mechanics that are enjoyable. They aren't predatory. They're, they're fine. Um, and I'd be concerned that those laws would be way heavy handed and probably cut out or at least affect some things that weren't necessarily a bad thing. Um, and that would of course not be a positive thing for, for, for the players. So to see, you know, major platforms with Nintendo, uh, Microsoft, and I believe Epic games has also vouched to do this, that any game on their platform, um, must disclose the odds. It certainly doesn't remove the problem, but I think it does show a step in the right direction of, hey, we are willing to, you know, force developers to, at least if they want to host their game on our platform, to follow a certain amount of guidelines that we're at least giving our, you know, our customers, the players, the information they need to make a more informed decision of, do I want to buy this random element or not? And I think a good first step on that is definitely um, by disclosing those odds and letting people at least know hey, it's a 0.0001 chance you're going to get the thing you want. Are you really sure you want to drop like $800 on this? Um, and I think it's a good first step. It, it's not going to fix the problem, but hopefully it is a trend that will continue and we'll see self-regulation within the industry rather than having, you know, basically to force the government to come in and do it and probably not do it right. So I, I think it's a really good positive thing in the long run. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you there. Um, I think one of the things that you probably will probably have a bigger impact than you think, but you won't maybe necessarily realize it, is that one of the things I've talked about before is that when you don't have to disclose odds, you you can kind of play games with what the odds actually are, and so uh, a lot of games currently have mechanics that might have your loot boxes give you you know better. A better outcome after a certain amount of boxes where you didn't get what you want you know where you didn't get anything good or one of those really insidious tactics is where the first time you pay real money for loot boxes they'll give you better loot boxes um so that you you know you get that positive high with spending money on on loot boxes right out of the gate and uh you know, then they might peter it back out and t- down to, you know, really bad odds just to drain you, your wallet later. Um, if they if they have to disclose odds, they're going to either have to not act in that those ways or they're going to have to publish the ways that they manipulate loot box odds to play with people's heads. Well, I mean, you already saw, you know, uh, God, I think it was EA that had filed that that 
patent for basically manipulating matchmaking in such a way that would try to encourage people to purchase things by matching them against people who had bought things, you know, uh, you know, monetization items to make them have a perceived notion that that was helping that person win and that if they bought it as well, they would have a better chance. And if they did buy it, it would, you know, match them against someone who they were probably superior to. So they got that positive feedback loop of, yay, I bought the thing and now I'm winning. Um, even if it was a manipulated sense of, of you know, superiority. So I think that obviously the, the publishers are already looking at trying to mentally manipulate people like this. And so you raise a really good, really good point that, you know, they'll, they'll tweak things and do things that kind of encourage you to, you know, keep going. I mean, I know that like Warframe, for example, and it's been a long time since I played Warframe, but back when I was playing, um, you would log in every day and you get kind of like a, a free loot box, a big randomized item. And, and I don't think you could ever purchase them. And I think Warframe's monetization is great, but this, this random item you would get for logging in every day, it always seemed like if you had it logged in for a while, when you came back, it gave you something that was quite a bit better than you normally got. Kind of like a, hey, welcome back. You got this cool thing. You should play more often. And then you'd kind of feel like the things would drop off over time. And, and you know, that was free. That's fine. It didn't really bother me, but I definitely noticed that it would, the odds of better stuff kind of went up if you didn't play for a long time. And, and and that could be my perception, but other people also kind of felt the same way. So, you know, you see stuff like that, but when you're charging it's, people for it and manipulating them like that, yeah, it's pretty shitty, you know? Yeah. And some games are overt about, you know, those sorts of things too. Like, um, so Black Desert, I realized the best way to play Black Desert is to not play Black Desert for months at a time, because after you've not played it for, I think, like, 90 days, you get, like, a month, you get access to, like, a server that lets you gain, like, 200% XP or something like that for a while, and it's, you know, it's it's actually, it's disappointing to come off of that and be like, oh, this is what this game's like, you know, normally, leveling-wise. Um, but yeah, I mean, the manipulations are things they, they actively are doing with loot boxes and they won't be able to do, or at least won't be able to secretly do, uh, when this goes into effect. So, um, that, that I think is probably actually the biggest impact is that games that do continue to, to release loot boxes will probably end up going to straight odds. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, a couple days after this announcement, uh, Epic Games also announced that they were also going to honor this policy for um, uh, the Epic Games Store, um, and Steam has not yet responded. So the the largest PC game platform has not yet committed to uh, to this change, but uh, I have to imagine it's coming. But Valve does not, is not the most vocal of companies. Well, and I think Steam has really adopted a, a policy of shut up and wait it out because there's a lot of you know negative buzz around their biggest competitor right now, which is Epic Game Store. And they're kind of like, we'll just keep our mouth shut and let Epic shoot themselves in the foot because so far it's been a lot of bad press. Um, and I'm, I'm curious if they'll maintain that policy of just, we're just going to keep quiet and keep doing our thing and not get involved, or if they'll try to compete um, and, and hold up the same standard. Now, I think what what's interesting, though, is that, you know, exclusives aside, 
if a game has its odds published on one platform but not the other, those odds are still going to get posted somewhere. People are still going to see and know what those odds are. Um, and it, it's probably unlikely. Who knows that they'll actually program the odds differently depending on the platform. But from Steam's perspective, they could go, well, the game is going to publish its odds on the Epic Store, so we don't really have to do anything because people are just going to find out anyways, even if we don't uphold that standard. So it... it it's interesting. I'm, I'm very keen to see on what they'll do in response, if anything at all. I mean, I would say that Steam has always, Valve has always been very quiet of a company. They they've really never been loud about what their plans are, what they're you know what they're doing, um, what they think about the industry. I, I mean, when's the last time you heard something Gabe Newell said? You know. Um, but yeah, so we'll see where that goes. Um, back on the, the Epic train really quick. Um, Epic, not just, uh, you know, committed to, uh, the loot box policy, but they went ahead and, uh, you know, they, they bought Rocket League, uh, a couple months back, uh, the studio that makes it. And, uh, Epic has announced that, uh, they're removing loot boxes entirely from Rocket League. Um, and they, I believe they announced this on the same day that they announced that they were going to uh, go for loot box transparency. And, and actually, uh, the Fortnite Save the World campaigns, the, the PBE. Yeah, like, they've already... The, that, 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 that has had odds posted for loot boxes for actually quite a while. That predates this announcement. So they've, they've kind of been poking at this idea for a while. Well, um, so my understanding yeah. of what Fortnite does, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I believe this is what they're doing with Rocket League too, because they said... They're removing "quote unquote" random loot boxes, where I, I believe in Fortnite you can buy loot boxes, but they literally show you this is what's in the loot box. Do you want to buy it? Yeah, my understanding is that it's like here's six things that could be in this box, and here is each percent chance of getting that thing out of that box. So you 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 have a really good chance of, of knowing what you're going to get, or at least what your chances of it are going to be. That that's my understanding. I haven't played the Save the World campaign in quite a while either, so it, it probably has changed since when I played. That is true. That that's how it works. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's a pot. Like, again, like I don't particularly like paying for for random elements in the game. I just want to buy the thing I want to buy. Um, but at least give people the information so they know. Okay, here's my chance of getting it because usually it's kind of this like, hey, the loot box has. 500 items in there and you don't want 490 of them so good luck and you know it's it's usually just trash filler to to dilute the loot pool which is always shitty so i think that this will at least put pressure on companies to maybe not dilute it so much because it certainly makes that loot box look less appealing then because you're gonna go oh it's only a you know 0.5 percent chance getting that thing because i got all this other crap that's got a five percent chance like that's that's no fun so i think that that'll be good for for the players at least to make an informed decision i i want to just as you mentioned that you'd rather just buy things you that you want um i'm going to take this time to uh, put in a little unpaid ad because i'm not a shill i just like the game uh here's the storm still does this the best and that is that uh, loot boxes are gifts and uh you know they're they're frequently given so that you get random cred while playing the game for free and then they sell stuff like just outright you can you can buy the items you want directly otherwise 
Destiny 2 has shifted, not completely to that model, but it's a lot closer now where like a lot of the, um, it used to be like in everything was in the bright engrams, the loot boxes, but now it's uh, a lot of like the exotic weapon ornaments you can just buy outright with, uh, with the silver currency. I think they still can drop from the loot box, which you do get those frequently through gameplay for free. Um, but you can also just buy them outright, which is so much better. Like they're they're a little pricey. Like I think it's like maybe five or six bucks. But if you really like a gun and you really just want it because it's a seasonal thing, you can grab it now. It's not like I have to grind my face off or spend a fortune buying maybe the chance to get it. So I think it's it's definitely things are going in the right direction. Um, and companies are realizing we need to get our own shit together or someone's going to force us to do it and we're not going to like it. So I think it's good. All right, so um, uh, moving on, the next uh, kind of update on, on recent news I want to give was um, that last week uh, we talked a little about uh, Ooblets, which went Epic exclusive and kind of the, um, the backlash they got. And I just wanted to comment just briefly on the um, kind of their, their follow-up commentary. And, uh, you know, as a correction, they didn't even have a... Um, they didn't even have like a crowdfunding. This was solely um, like with, where they had rewards. This was they had their income had solely been Patreon donations that were not towards a purchase of a game. Nobody, nobody had been entitled to anything at a time. And basically what these two developers came out and said after all of this news was that they spent um you know that they received and they they posted in this article screenshots of it is literally you know dozens upon dozens of rape and murder threats um because they were they decided to release the game on a platform that wasn't steam um and i i believe one of the other points that was made was that he managed to receive threat he managed to receive insults that both uh, were anti-Semitic and suggest, like, there was, oh, he was both mis like, somebody uh, faked a screenshot of him saying something about that gamers could go into gas chambers or something, and then also he was insulted for being a Jew at this, like, by two different people, like, within a short period of time. Like, the amount of just endless bile that they received um was just absolutely off the wall and i just i feel like there's this this commentary here that needs to be said that when when this is where this this has gone it's gone way way too far and um I, I actually I found a community online that is on uh, Reddit that is dedicated to trashing Epic Games, and after they posted these threats, there were literally posts that says maybe they should have thought about that before they decided to be a jerk to their customers, and that is just downright unacceptable. And it is amazing to me that the con condemnation for this has been as light as it has because it is amazing how bad this has got this has gotten for these people um and, and despite that they're they've actually gotten um they've actually gotten not just they they kind of expected 
they said they expected to lose Patreon supporters as they said, you know, well, Epic Games is, you know, funding a big part of part of the development now. They've actually risen. They have actually risen in supporters since. That's just ridiculous. I mean, there is never, ever a reasonable excuse to do that kind of shit. Like, ever. And this, this isn't just an isolated incident. You see this kind of shit happen all the time on the internet, you know. Um, and it's like, I know you're anonymous, right? And you can just say whatever you want. There's no consequences. But, like, really? <laughs> Regardless of how you feel, about the whole situation. I know we could go back and forth on it forever on it, but regardless, it does not matter how upset you are. There's never an excuse to behave that way. And all it does is make the community as a whole, and I mean like all of gamers as a whole, look like a bunch of toxic assholes. And I don't like to throw the whole toxic word around because it gets overused, but like really, you're being a bunch of assholes and there's never a reason to do that um, on that, that degree. It, at the end of the day, you're upset about the platform that the video game is on that regardless of how much money you gave them to support it, it does not matter. That's not acceptable at all in any sense of the word. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's bullshit. And then people need to cut that shit out period. And that's for all things in life. You see this kind of stuff pop up for non gaming related stuff. And it's like, there's, there's no excuse to ever do that to anyone ever. Um, Making someone, you know, fear for their safety um, over a video game is ridiculous and people should be ashamed for even entertaining the idea that that's okay to do or going as far as, well, you shouldn't have put it on the Epic Game Store if you didn't want to get raped and killed. Just, it pisses me off. That is ridiculous. So, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to just drag gamers through the mud just a, just a little bit longer i have a, i have another gamers are terrible story are you okay with that yeah yeah sure okay so uh there's a game uh on steam called killing floor 2 as far as i know it's very popular um i've i've never played it but i've heard the name it's pretty, around it's pretty a fun. lot yeah, it's a yeah. zombie defense it? game yeah that's pretty cool good stuff yeah. okay so um apparently the killing floor 2 devs have provided free updates and dlc for four years which is, that's an extensive amount of time to provide free updates for a game, right? Like, mainstream devs don't do that anymore, right? For the, for the most part. You, you get either a game that they drop, they drop and, and throw some paid DLC out for the year, or maybe they'll put some updates out in the first year and then they dump it to make next year's game. Well, so they've said, after four years... It, you know, the amount of effort they're trying to put in to develop additional features for this game and new content is the the expense has now started to exceed the amount that they're making from, you know, sales for new player, you know, new people buying Killing Floor 2. So said, you know, we, we've provided updates, free updates for four years and uh, we're going to we're going to sell some some DLC that's optional. They got review bombed. Yeah, I, I think that the part where so so you're, you're absolutely right. That's that's what went down, and and the issue people are having is that it is um, weapons that they're selling that are, are premium weapons for for the game. And, and mind you, as far as I, all I play, Killing Floor Two is very it's a co-op game. You know, it's just zombie survival with the, it's basically like Left for Dead, right? Um, but more of like a tower defense sort of deal, and it's good. But they're selling like special weapons that they, they they've claimed have said you know hey it is uh, 
they're they're a different type of gameplay, but they're not like objectively better overall than the game. The guns that come for free. We're just trying to find other uh, avenues of of monetizing this because, like, like you said, the rate at which people are expecting content, they aren't making enough money to produce it at that rate, and so they either had to dial back the amount of content they were producing, or they had to find new ways to monetize. And they, they opted to monetize in a different way so they could keep providing the amount of content that people were expecting, which is fine. You know, that's, that's great. Um, I think that perhaps, you know, my, maybe the way that they rolled this out or, or what they decided on or how it was presented um, is certainly sensitive for people uh, just because, you know, you don't want to have this sense of, you know, pay to win that, you know, hey, you can beat this high oh. level if it's, you know, this OP gun. But what I didn't so, realize is they have a, a a shared DLC system. So, like, if one person in the group has this DLC, everyone in that session has access to it. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's what I had heard. So, they're, they're like, if any one person in, in, in your match has paid for the DLC, everybody gets the DLC. So, it should still be balanced in, in any given game. And, right. you, you know, and... And the thing is, is I'm like, the thing that drives me up a wall about this stuff is, you know, if you look at the traditional software model, you get, you know, you buy, you know, whatever software 2014 and the next year they come back and say, okay, well, we made a slight, slightly newer version of it with new features. It's uh, you know, it's such and such product 2015 and you have to buy it again, you know, and I, I when we moved to this, this online game model we really started to have a lot more games where somebody might buy a phone game and you know, there like you might have like bought angry birds for 99 cents on your phone in like 2010 and you're still expecting them to you know be updating it and fixing it and adding content for it and you know a decade later for your 99 cents you know and there's a, there's a certain point where someone has to say hey look we we need to make money if we're going to have development work on this this product um so yeah it's just uh, i i i my understanding is i think there's there was a mentality that these developers would never do paid dlc and that's really more what it is than the system with which they implemented it yeah i mean even if you start off with the intent of never doing paid dlc chances are this thing probably got bigger than they were ever intending it to. And they were trying to keep up with player expectation, which is, you know, it's, that's what you do as a, as a developer. Um, but I think as players you need to look at objectively, like, listen, you know, this isn't sustainable and they might've been doing it for a while, but they probably reached that break point where they're like, we're going to start losing money at this rate. Um, and, and they don't certainly don't want to go, Hey, we're dialing back production because sorry, you know, we don't have enough money. Um, and, and so they need to they need to monetize one way or the other. Now, I, the exact method that, that they do is is obviously up for question. Um, you know, the devil's of course in the details. Is this going to be problematic in terms of gameplay and how people interact with the game? You're not going to know until it happens, right? Um, I, I mean, like, but like, so here's the thing, and and maybe this is what pe what these companies should do is they should they should just make a poll and ask, like. Here's our choices. We can stop developing this game and go focus on making a new one, or we can ask you for more money to keep developing this one and let let the community pick. Yeah, because for sure. because like 
you know, and this is this is you know we we can go way back in our history here, but dust monetization got really really bad. Yes, it did. Do I accept that that was okay for the fact that I continued to get development work? Yes, I do. And if I could get more predatory monetization to still be able to play the game, that is a bargain I would very possibly take. So, you know, I I don't fault the devs here. They said, you know, hey, we're trying to we're trying to make this work. You guys love playing this game, and you you like the content, and we're we're trying to make you more content. Um, somewhere they got to get paid for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I actually like the idea of the poll. I think that's that's great because then it's like, well, you guys voted on it, so you can't really complain about it, um, which which kind of helps insulate them a bit as well. So, you know, well, you'll have, you'll have to see how how it goes. Honestly, I mean, I think probably the gut reaction people are having is overboard. It probably isn't going to be nearly as bad as they might be thinking it's going to be, but. That's kind of gamers for you. They tend to overreact and then calm down after the fact. So have to wait and see, I guess. But, uh, you know, objectively, I don't think they did anything wrong here. Um, but again, it comes down to how they implement the change. All right. So um, I got one more big update on, on last week's news. So um, Ninja, who honestly, <laughs> I've, I've never seen him on, on a, I've never watched his stream, actually. Um but so we, you know he moved to mixer and then what twitch did and they'd never done this before and and they did it without asking him permission or anything but they decided he's got 14.5 million followers that's a lot of people that hit that web link we don't want to just lose those people or or you know have them go oh he's not online let's go do something else so what twitch did was they replaced ninja's channel on twitch with a page that said like ninjas in another castle and then it said but here's a bunch of popular streamers on twitch right now to kind of keep people you know moving around twitch in uh, on their site and of course they uh they recommended a, a porn stream um on ninja's page well the internet's really really great for porn so um this this was one of those cases where this kind of blew up in Twitch's face really badly. Um, I guess it's like the, the description of the channel was entirely in another language, so it probably evaded some, you know, the, the common filters that they would have. Um, and Ninja basically said, you know, we weren't really fond of what they did to his page, but he'd kind of just let it let it go because you know he was on he was on mixer now you know whatever um but given that he has a lot of you know younger followers um he really chewed him out for doing it and you know failing to vet what they were putting on his page um and specified that what he was really trying to get them to do was to just take his page entirely off off their site um, and just remove it. Um, and within a day, Twitch, obviously they apologized and they said that they were going to review how it happened. And uh, they actually reverted his channel page back to its normal, you know, just this, you know, this user's offline 
um, and and back to his normal page. Yeah, because I believe that the whole recommended page thing was something that they have never done for anybody. It was specifically him um, and his page that they tried this on. So, <laughs> and it's yeah, it's really funny too because they were like, you know, this is just a new feature we were trying. Yeah, uh-huh. sure it was. Sure, sure, sure. This was something that they rushed out to try and capitalize on. You know. To try to make up for the fact they were losing him to to you know redirect traffic from his his page, yeah, and his they were hoping that they would you would go there looking for him and would get redirected to stay on Twitch rather than you know bounce somewhere else because if they just said hey he's gone people would just leave but they're like hey stick around watch Fortnite or League of Legends or porn you know oops apparently it was going for like two hours too before someone finally caught it and, and shut it down. And considering Ninja's normal demographic is like kids, it's pretty bad. Like Twitch doesn't allow porn, but it definitely pops up on there a lot. It's actually pretty common to find it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's 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 pretty bad. It's pretty bad. He was pretty pissed about it too. I think he was kind of like, uh, "Guys, what the hell?" Because you know that's basically his his viewership or you know previously viewership is seeing that, and he's like, uh, "What the fuck, Twitch? You know, come on, get your shit together." You know, regardless of what happened or where I am, like, you need to not, you, you can't screw up like that, you know? Yeah, and and that's that's the biggest thing is that this is a, this is a, a page visited by kids. And really, that is where the industry, the tech industry as a whole, has truly failed in, in numerous ways where, you know, they're creating an environment that isn't exactly isn't exactly kids friendly kid friendly but you know has a community of that supports that group and it's very it gets very messy i mean the the youtube in particular has a lot of issues with that and and has been fighting that and has come down to the point that they're like they've started to restrict any any comments around video that has kids in them and stuff like that Yep, yep, that's definitely true. So, um, all right. So we're we're gonna we're gonna move on from th- this. Is like we we kind of went through like a, a a bucket of trash here of, of bad news. Um, this was this was an article I believe that you found, right, Pokey? Uh, yeah the uh, the dad dad builds for destiny. Yes, yeah. yes. Tell us about dad builds. <laughs> so it just it just made me laugh because it it. it, it it reminded me of an article I actually kind of wanted to, to write and never got around to um, of just kind of like, because obviously, you know, our, when I say our generation, people my age, you know, in their, their 30s and 40s who grew up playing a lot of video games um, as kids. And we've, of course, gotten older and, you know, did the whole adulting thing, which is what happens after college. At bait, I don't suggest you ever try it. Um, but, you know, you find yourself running out of, you know, you start off like like back in the day, like when I was playing like Dust or even before that, like I'd play games and I'd like get, you know, the latest Final Fantasy and I would like 100% it and get every single unlock and unlock and do every possible thing you, you could do in the game and get all the platinum trophies and just like gangbang the shit out of it. And Because I, I mean, what do you do? You go to school for a few hours a day, you come home and you screw around for like until like 4 a.m., right? Wake up at noon, do it again. Um, and that was great. Like, I had a lot of fun, right? And you get older, and you know, you get like a full-time job. You have kids. You have other responsibilities. You got to like do dishes and shit. 
and uh, your time that you had is dramatically decreased. Like you, you only get maybe a few hours a night where you can actually play games. And so um, what the article was about was basically talking about Destiny 2 and how there are, you know, quote unquote, dad builds. And it's kind of like a, hey, there's options in games now where it's like, people will like say it's casual mode, but it's like, hey, you can be effective enough to play the game and be competitive, but it doesn't require you to like master grind out every single thing in the game to max out your stuff if you want to have a chance of doing like, you know, actual content. There's kind of this like, you know, you you put in like 25% of the work and get 75% of the of the, uh, the the progress done. But if you want to optimize, you can do all of it if you've got the time for it. But, you know, for people like me who don't have as much time to play, it, it, it's definitely the, the developers have kind of started to cater towards allowing you to, to put together, you know, quote unquote, the dad build, where it doesn't require a ton of time investment or effort, but you can still be effective in, in how that helps allow us to like, do the fun stuff in games. It may not be as fast or as efficient as someone who's going to put, you know, 80 hours of a week into the game, but, you know, still allowing us to, to enjoy it and have fun with it. So, um, and you know, that's absolutely true for like destiny. Like there's some, there's some like, you know, we talk about like skill ceiling and skill floor. There's definitely some like really, really good skill floors where it's like, you can kind of kick ass and not try very hard. And it, it can be frustrating when you get killed by someone doing that, because you might be trying to do like a high skill style of gameplay. But for some of us where we just don't have the time to like get every single like exotic gun and all that sort of thing. Um, it's, it's refreshing to go like, Hey, I can still feel like a badass. I don't have to put in 80 hours a week playing this game. So, you know, uh, hats off to the dad builds and, and developers out there who recognize that, not everyone has all the time in the world to play, but we still want to actually, you know, do the fun stuff. So, you know, it, it's good to see them respect our time like that. And I think that Bungie and other developers have done a very good job with that. And, you know, I'm, I don't fall into quote unquote dad build territory yet, but I mean, I, I'm definitely reaching that, that point in time where I look at like games that I want to play and I'm like, I just don't have time to grind that out. It's just not going to happen. And it actually, the, the interesting thing is it, it does kind of tie into the fact that, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier that uh, you, you know, there were the legislation was talking about, you know, banning pay to win. And sometimes people consider being able to get some sort of time savings or accelerated experience um, to be winning. And sometimes it's just that you don't have time to put in the same amount of time everybody else does. Um, and that's actually why, like for me, if I, sometimes if I can pay a bit of money to zip along to, you know, somewhat competitive and, and still have fun with it, sometimes that's a worth it call. Um, it, if done responsibly. Cause you know, there are of course, of course. just examples of it, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, but uh, yeah, so th th this is this is cool to me. I, I I'm I like it. I would like to see more, um, you know, more of it. Like here's, you know, hey, if you have time to, you know, like I, I guess my my analog from from my experiences is playing uh, World of Warcraft because I don't have time to do what I used to with with, with WoW, which is you know just like all out playing through. And so, you know, I'll pick it up for short periods of time to just kind of catch up on the content, 
kind of, you know, and they, they kind of, they have good mechanics for every so often. They kind of, you know, push the, the progression aside a little bit and let you kind of jump up to, to a current good enough level uh, fairly quickly. And so you can kind of skip some of the grinding if you're just coming back every so often. You're just not quite, you, you just sit behind the bleeding edge of things a little bit. And but you get to experience the game and have fun with it. Yeah, catch up mechanics are the absolute best. Like um, like Final Fantasy has a same, a similar thing where like you do dungeons and the more, the more recent content you get like a, a special type of currency which you use to buy the high end gear. So it's kind of like a the slow grind to buy the high end gear. But old content, so like like the old expansions and and before, they all have the same shared currency. Um, so it's like, in this case, they're called Tomes of Poetics. And, and you get these things all the time. Like, it's really easy to get them. And you can use them to buy, like, high-end level 50, level 60, and level 70 gear. So, like, once you get to that, like, level benchmark, you just buy, like, a full set of maxed-out gear, and it helps propel you to the next benchmark. So even if you're coming into the game late, like, you got to work your way through the story, but the gear grind is rapidly accelerated um, for old content. And then it converts to, like, the more slow grind for, for the newest stuff. But it's fantastic to come back and be able to go, oh, I'm just going to level up here, and boom, I'm maxed out, and I'm ready to do the new stuff now. And it, it, it makes coming back after a break, because you may not have time, you may have gotten burnt out, but it makes coming back way more approachable. And it's it's good to see them do that. I, I, Destiny did for the a more recent expansion where it was like, Hey, we know people haven't been around for a while, but do this event. It's going to give you like a full maxed out set of gear and it's pretty easy to do. It won't take much time and you'll be ready to go for the new stuff coming out in a month. Fantastic. I love that. And it's, it's much appreciated. I actually should comment and we'll kind of segue into the next, uh, next topic here. So briefly on Final Fantasy 14, um, if, if you have ever been turned off by the length of the story, because the, the scheme requires you to play through all of the previous story to get to the current content, um, unless you pay to skip it, um, they have decided that they are going to condense the first, the first game's story by a lot. So um, when the game re-released as 2.0 or Realm Reborn, uh, it includes levels 1 through 50. The story is extremely long. Like, it's it's obnoxiously long. And there's a lot of shit in there that's, like, totally meaningless, mundane, like, fetch quests. Like, MMOs, are they have fetch quests. Like, you can't get away from that. But, like, it's really bad. And uh, it, it's turned a lot of people off. And, and, like, even I've admitted, like, listen, the story and the content from 2.0 to 3.0 is absolute ass. But once you get to 3.0 and onward, it's fantastic. So people are always kind of met with this dilemma of like, I want to get into Final Fantasy, but I know that the first chunk of content is obnoxious and that's kind of turning me off. So the devs have kind of realized this. And so what they're going to do is they're kind of going back and pulling out a lot of the filler from the, the, the 2.0 storyline just to get that length down and make it more reasonable because like there's like literally a quest where it's like hey you need to go save the world but first uh go over there and get some perfume and pour it on your chocobo which is your big chicken you ride around and then you just sniff the chocobo and tell me if you think it smells good that's a main scenario quest 
Uh, so it's it's stuff like that which makes you kind of go, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Um, so they're trying to trim and prune a lot of that crap out of there and make it so, you know, when you go in, it's going to be really the important beats along the story and it's going to kind of be paced and structured more like the later content to make it a little bit easier for people to kind of get through that stuff so they can, you know, get to the better stuff in, in the story. And I imagine they'll probably take, you know, a lot of that pruned content and make it side content you can still do if you want but at least you won't be required to do it as part of the main scenario so that's actually coming i think in the 5.3 update so it's still a little bit off um from now just because obviously retooling an entire you know expansion worth of story is going to take a while but it is something they've kind of been wanting to do and make it a little more approachable for people who want to get into the game but don't want to deal with kind of that that older stuff that, you know, they were still kind of learning how to structure a story. Um, and the 2.x series was was definitely rushed as they were trying to revamp the game and rebuild it from the ground up. So they're kind of going back, fixing past mistakes, but uh, hopefully that will help to kind of encourage people to, to get into the game and not be so stressed out about dealing with some of the, the less pleasant story bits in the 2.x stuff. All right. So we are... Um... We're at the end of what I have on the list. Do you have anything else for uh, us? One thing. So, Borderlands 3. Oh, uh, we're not at the end of the list. Not, not, not Look quite at that. yet. Um, I, can't, I can't read. So, I'm a bad host. So, uh, I've got some more shit in the gaming sphere to talk about, but this time it's not the players, it's a publisher. So, <laughs> so to, to really break it down, Real simply. So there is a guy on YouTube. Name is Sapnato. He is like a Borderlands fanatic. Okay. Like pretty good content. You know, he does a lot of reporting and, and you know, speaking about leaks and that sort of thing. And, and overall, good stuff. You know, if you're interested in Borderlands, this guy is like a fantastic resource. And he just generates a ton of videos about the series. And, you know, it, it's, in my opinion, great advertising for the series. So... What happened is that Borderlands 3 is coming out in a month and it's going to have a lot of streaming features and like ways that you can interact with your, 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 your viewers and stuff. Like the viewers can like do something and cause like a loot box to pop up in, in your stream. And you can, as a streamer, like give loot boxes to your viewers. It's pretty cool stuff. Right? So they were apparently testing this feature on Twitch and what they did is they had a stream going, but it was set to private. So no one could actually view the stream. Um, because they were obviously doing internal testing on it, but they had to test it on, you know, a live Twitch environment to see how it was working. Well, the way that Twitch works is that even if a stream is private, there's a thumbnail that plays, and it plays like maybe like three to five seconds of what's currently on the screen in the stream, and it updates periodically. So you can't watch the stream, but you could, in theory, watch the thumbnail update over time and glean some information from it. So what Submato was doing, as well as a bunch of other people, is they were watching this and taking screenshots of, of this thumbnail. And, and keep in mind, this thumbnail is available to everybody. It is publicly being shown. You can't watch the stream, but you can see the thumbnail. Um, and basically just kind of putting together information, um, you know, similar to kind of what I've been doing with like, you know, Project Nova, right? Like little bits of information and compiling it together. And so he was making videos about this information that he had gathered um, from this publicly available source. Well, 2K, 2K Games, the publisher for Borderlands, uh, didn't take too kindly to this, um, claiming that he was basically 
leaking stuff illegally, even though he was not doing anything illegal, and filed fake takedown claims on the videos, um, even though there was really no copyrighted material in them. And then what they did was send private investigators to this guy's house to basically question and harass him and pressure him into taking down a bunch of other content that uh, he had on there, claiming that, oh, well, he's leaking stuff and this is proprietary and, you know, um, he had no right to, to, to leak it like that. And mind you, Submato does not have insider knowledge into Gearbox or Borderlands or 2K. He has had people within the organization leak information to him, and he has, you know, distributed it on his YouTube channel. But he himself leaked nothing. Like he didn't violate any any um, you know company policy or or law or anything like that. And you've got 2K sending literally private investigators to this guy's house in person to sit him down and harass him. Um, and obviously he was, he's a, he's a young guy. He's probably in the mid twenties or so. And he's kind of spooked by this. And so he kind of made a video talking about like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a step away from the Borderlands series for now. Um, just kind of reflect on what happened. And, and he took down a bunch of, a bunch of videos and stuff. Cause I mean, the guy probably got scared, right? Like people show up at your house threatening you. Uh, you're going to get a little spooked. So um, 2K is pretty much acting like a mob boss at this point. And if, in my opinion, they were absolutely in the wrong, like this is not an acceptable way to deal with people. Like if you want someone to not do something, you can like message them, but sending people to their house to intimidate them, um, especially when you're claiming that they broke a law, but they hired PIs rather than calling the police, which is what you would actually do if someone broke the law. Um, they're way out of line in this case. Uh, so it's uh, the, the big conversation now is people who are, you know, they love Borderlands, they like Gearbox as a developer, but they're looking at this going like, well, if I buy the game, I'm supporting 2K, who's acting like a bunch of, you know, monsters, but if I don't buy the game, I'm hurting Gearbox and, you know, a series that I like. So there's this, you know, quote unquote moral dilemma about what to do, um, which is, it, it's shitty, right? Because like, you know, Gearbox makes good games. They're fun. Randy Pitchford's an idiot, but you know, the the, the, the company's itself is 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 pretty great. But the publisher is, and this is not uncommon for Two K either. Like they're they're extremely aggressive when it comes to you know quote unquote protecting their IPs. Um, even though I would argue people love leaks, I think companies often quote unquote will leak things because they want it to get out in the sphere and and people pay attention to YouTubers and influencers. Um, but this is not the first time for 2K. So, you know, people don't know what to do. They're like, I don't want to support 2K, but I want to support Gearbox. So what are you going to do? Um, I'm still going to get the game. I think 2K is, is shitty, but, you know, a lot of publishers are. But I want the game and I like Gearbox. So it's like, it comes down to personal choice. But yeah, that's kind of the situation. And it's it sucks. But uh, that's what's going on with that. Yeah, and I, I've seen some of this sort of behavior from... Um... You know, news about uh, I remember Apple uh, Apple's been always the notorious party for this where they they actually would send like Apple security people along with the police so that people would think the Apple security people were police, you know, and, and you know, if they somebody had like a leaked product, they'd, you know, go in and, you know, toss a person's house looking for it. 
Um, and a lot of times it's just straight up, you know, scaring the living crud out of them to get them to stop doing something that you can't legally prohibit them from doing. And it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a trashy behavior. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's really shitty. Like, cause I mean, like this, this guy is a nice guy, you know, he's never really done anything that's been shady or what would be considered, you know, uh, poor, poor, poor actions. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's and, fucking stupid. And when you're, when you're, when you're young and you're, you know, you're in the online community, you're playing games, you're, you know, chatting with friends and stuff. And, and, you know, the game is just something that you enjoy doing. You know, I enjoy podcasting. But then if, if all of a sudden, you know, somebody was showing up in my house, you know, saying you did something horribly wrong and, you know, that's, that is absolutely terrifying. And it's just, it's just chilling and scares people away from, you know, doing something they have every right to do. Yeah, I mean, especially for someone who's such a huge supporter of the game you're selling and is a great PR figure, like, <laughs> if you're going to go after somebody, uh, it's not the person you want to go after. And, and he's not the only one that did this. And in fact, um, you might be familiar with the YouTube channel The Know. Um, it's got a lot of Rooster Teeth people on it, but, you know, it's, it's, like a, it's a gaming news channel. And uh, they reported on this as well, but nothing happened to them they weren't getting their videos taken down it was just like specifically this guy um that 2k is picking on and it's just it's bizarre but uh completely inappropriate but on the plus side if you are getting the game you can go to the borderlands 3 website and the skill trees for all of the classes are available now so uh you can theory craft to your heart's content with the the builds and all that so that's cool um that's a positive note but uh yeah, Borderlands comes out in about a month, so if you have not pre-ordered yet, I think there's some goodies you can get for pre-ordering. It doesn't cost anything extra. Or if you want to spend like $300, you can get some crazy loot crate that comes with all kinds of crazy shit. But uh, I'm, I'm not that rich, so I'll be getting this the basic edition, I think. All right. So I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty darn close to a show there. Yeah, I think if, we're, if I think we're good. Pretty good so, I think we're okay. All right. So, um, shout-outs. And just to show I have one, I'm going to start with my shout-out this week. Are you ready for that, Pokey? Let's do it. So, the U.S. Department of Transportation has officially ruled that airlines must allow miniature horses as service animals on flights. What the fuck? <laughs> really? How? I think this is like, great. Where, where are you going to put it? I, in, like, I mean, no, the, so these are not, like, these are very small miniature horses. So, they're, like... Uh, two to three feet tall, weighing around a hundred pounds. Um, and the picture that's attached to the article shows them in like, maybe like, you know, like the front row of a section has, you know, a, a, a flat wall in front of it instead of the backs of chairs. Cause it's right. like right, right behind first class. So it's a little, got a little more foot room. And so they, they, they have a picture of the horse just like stuffed up there between the front the the wall and their you know the front row of seats where they're sitting that is something else i i and apparently they they are actually good they're they're good emotional support animals and and now i want an emotional support pony because clearly this is a, a legitimately respectable I, I think i think you should what would you name your support pony I don't know. 
but and, and this is the this is the other thing that this is so there, there's that's the upside but there's also a downside to this um they uh they specifically allow airlines to ban ferrets as, as service animals in the cabin what yeah the cat so, snakes are the best so i cannot necessarily have an emotional support ferret um but i could have an emotional support pony which you know i could live with all right well i never thought i'd see the day i i want to be on a flight where someone brings a an actual horse or pony on now, the plane yeah now now to be clear um because uh, like there's no way you can fit this in like the normal average seats between rows you do it, it i should specify they do while they do have to allow that you can take your emotional support pony on an aircraft um the only service animals that they are that they are that they have to let you take without prior notice are physical support animals so you know if you have a you know seeing eye dog type of thing you don't have to give a upfront notice and they have to accommodate it for emotional support animals they are allowed to require that you give them notice up front and if you're going to bring a pony on the plane that's probably for the best because they're going to need to find a place to put it i i can imagine so okay so is it my turn it is what's your shout out okay uh i will give a shout out to a youtuber named mioni he uh is a final fantasy 14 content creator uh, specifically, his entire channel is pretty much dedicated to Glamour, which is, you know, like the cosmetic system in the game. And he is an excellent resource for Glamour ideas and uh, showcasing some of the stuff that's you can it exists in the game, but it's kind of hard to preview it. So it's great to go to his channel and see all the things that I can grind for, because as we all know, in an MMO, cosmetics are the true end game. So shout out to him. And then, uh, uh, I'll also give a shout out to oh. No Man's Sky's most recent update. I have not played it, but it looks actually pretty awesome. So I still think 18 quintillion plants is stupid, but you're doing pretty good, guys. Keep it up. And the, and from my understanding, that is one of those cases where they're, you know, maybe almost like a like an Ubisoft type thing where the the initial release may not have knocked it out of the park, but they've uh, you know kind of kept their heads down and kept working on it for a long time. Yep, for sure. Okay, sorry. Bait, go ahead. Oh, you know, you know Bait's not here. He, he actually left. He passed he out left in the a car. Long time like, ago. He, he like passed out in the car. Uh, he's been gone a while. He's been <laughs> gone for 20 minutes and we just noticed. jeez. Oh, <laughs> That's sorry, amazing. Bates. That's amazing. I dedicate the show to you. <laughs> All right. With that, uh, we're going to bring episode 269 to a close. Um, you can uh, check us out on biomass.com um, and uh, you know, let us know what you think and if there's something we probably should have talked about this week. Have a good night. See ya.